is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast international break edition. What? What is wah, this? No two wah, games a week. Wah. No back to backs. No Champions League. No FA Cup. No League Cup. Nick Verlaney is here with me. Dan, one of your hosts. Brandon Busby, not here. But Nick, we, we got it taken care of, don't we? Come on. Of course we got it taken care of. <laughs> Normally, a Dan and Nick Save the World show would be enough. We didn't feel like, with the amount of content in the script, that it would have been appropriate to only have two of us. So People deserve so we, more. They, we like to give more. And, and give we have. Because Dennis, the couch critic, back on the show. What's up, man? Yo, it's good to be back. So does it mean because Brandon's not here that I'm actually the host and you guys are just like, you know, the, the cohorts or what is what's what's the procedure here? I get demoted to fucking pool boy every time we start one of these shows. It's unbelievable. I'm just out there <laughs> serving drinks under the under the cabanas. I mean, geez. Speaking of, I think the man is still waiting for his beverage. So uh, can you take care of that while we get <laughs> yeah. through the intro section? My type, please. My right, type. Right away, sir. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, for uh, for those who don't know, mailbag edition of the show, we cover everything Chelsea specific in terms of questions. We got plenty of non Chelsea related questions too. favorite Girl Scout cookies, beverages, other things of that nature. But, you know, we're going to give a little bit of gratitude back to the community here, Nick, before we jump into all those questions. So uh, I'll let you absorb those responsibilities with Brandon Busby. I don't know. Doing doing something else. Doing something. That guy. All right, Apple Podcasts. I haven't done one of these in a while. It feels good. Galen Harn from Sweden, the Great North. How about that? Uh, from from up there, way of North Pole area. Uh, Wally Chelsea from Australia. Boy, um, a bunch of a bunch of letters in no particular order from the U.S. Fujitsu something, uh, and then Jillian H from the U.S. Thank you for your five star reviews. If you're listening and you're like, wow, those people did a great thing, uh, way to go with five-star reviews, and you haven't done that yet, this is your call to action to make that happen. And you can also do it on Spotify, where we are up to 554 reviews on that platform. Let's that is remarkable. go. That Come is on. remarkable. The fact that Ooh. you guys got 554 people to review your show on Spotify is remarkable. Keep it going. Let's get to 1,000. That's what I'm talking about. Look, we, we were, we're just trying to lap the club as many times as possible. So uh, everyone, every five-star review you leave just helps us do that. So we appreciate it. But look, jumping right into questions. Fresh off uh, what I dubbed as winter window disappointment question mark. The fourth asking, <laughs> wow. Well, we didn't try to sign a left back or a midfielder at least. And then uh, we'll, we'll take it in a positive direction. But after that, but uh Maybe more just generally, we've, we've ended the window, deadline day is over, no new incomings at, in the senior team, at least, you know, a few uh, youngsters signed from an academy mm -hmm. level. But uh, Dennis, how are you feeling about the window now that it is closed? Uh, a little indifferent, I have to admit. And not because we didn't bring anybody in, it's because if it's true that like, this is going to be a big summer, the first thing that we have to see happen is we have to see people go. You know, we have to get rid of some of this dead wood, get the wage bill down before we start bringing in these bigger targets that we want to see, you know, you know, this whole idea of backing Tuchel, you know. So for me, it was more about like just seeing outgoings more so than incomings, because as we all know, January is not the greatest window to see, you know, that next level, uh, you know, I don't know, like A-class, A-list player come in. It's usually just like 
squad players that you can use to fill in. And you could argue that maybe Chelsea should have brought in maybe a left wing back uh, with Chilwell out. Um, we're down to like, I guess, Malong star playing left back now. And I guess Kennedy's come back in. Um, hasn't been given a number yet, but <laughs> you aren't you aren't excited about Kennedy? Come on, it's <laughs> no, like a new signing. I want to see what he can do. Man. I haven't seen him in a while, man. You know, so, but um, but yeah, no, truly, I think that there is an argument there that maybe they could have brought in a left back just based on the fact that we've known about Chilwell for some time now, and you have to think that, you know the amount of time that they had to think about it, the amount of time that they're, you know, before the window actually even opened, they, they probably should have been thinking, okay, we're still in this. We can win the title. We can be, you know, very much in, in all the competitions that we're in. Let's, let's look at this seriously. And, you know, the solution is bring back, you know, Kennedy. So, I, th- I mean, a little I, dejected there. The, the club have done something brilliant with Kennedy though. If I could just say this, and I'm only being slightly facetious when I say it, they're trying to hype Kennedy up so that Newcastle come in with a huge bid in the <laughs> summer for Kennedy services. Left winger, left back, left wing. Who knows? I mean, he's Newcastle. He's already been there, too. Like, he's already a legend there, right? 70 million pounds is his price tag now. Congratulations to Newcastle for their new signing this summer in Kennedy. Um, I, to be real about it, I, I don't think I was really expecting anything, so I wasn't let down. I think it is ludicrous that we weren't able to bring back Emerson. Like, I'm just uh, frankly astonished by that. Um, He's our player. (laughs) Like, I don't understand how it's possible that we can't, you know, uh, navigate that with, uh, with Leon that to make that happen. Uh, Um, It's the the equivalent of hitting next in the terms and conditions for the latest Apple update. Maybe the fine print wasn't all reviewed before it was said and done. I don't know. (sighs) It's very frustrating, though, because, uh, you know, I think it kind of just resigns us to whatever happens the rest of the year. It doesn't feel like we're really going for it. Um, It feels like they want to wait until summer. And it's understandable. I mean, we all know the summer is the better time to buy and and also sell. But, um, you know, on the one hand, I wasn't surprised at all. The other hand, I was a little bit glad that we didn't buy you know, like a Serginio Dest in this window, for example, or someone who wasn't going to be a long-term solution for a role. Um, one, I don't think Serginio Dest wants to be a backup to Reese James or a backup to whoever, you know, Chilwell or whatever. And two, I it just, the squad's bloated enough as it is. You don't need more kind of part-timer type players in there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it bodes well for our success this season necessarily, but I also understand that it's a business and the summer is a lot better for Chelsea, typically. All right. Well, hey, we'll, we'll maybe pivot to a little bit more of a positive kind of take on winter windows. But AJ asking, was Olivier Giroud the best January window transfer of all time for Chelsea? You know I love Ooh. Olivier Giroud. Uh, I, the beard, I love beard game, man. recognized beard game. I understand, Nick. I absolutely <laughs> love that man, okay? Word. The best January signing for Chelsea in history is Gary Cahill. Seven million really? pounds. It has to be. It has to really? be Gary Cahill. Okay. I, I, I think Gary Cahill uh, not only came in uh, as a, uh, like, basically unknown quantity. Like, no one really knew what to expect from him. Uh, came in, uh, won the Champions League, uh, won a league twice uh, as a starter, uh, absolutely uh, was dominant, scored some really great goals, uh, played for Chelsea for, what, 
eight years, eight seasons, seven seasons. We're on there. Whatever. Anyway, a long time. I think he's our best January signing. Uh, longevity titles. Boom. Dennis, agree? Disagree? Yeah, I see his Gary Kale, and I raise him a Bronislav Ivanovich. Mm, there you go. Oh, damn. You know, and I also, I, I, I also have a, an Anelka just to throw in there. Well, the same window, actually, too. Anelka and Rana came in. Uh, I don't think Anelka was I, here long enough to qualify. You know? I love me a striker. I love me a striker. But, right. yeah. Right. I, I'm, but I'm going to go with Bronislav Ivanovich just because came in as a center back morph to a right wing or right back and the amount of goals that that guy scored yeah. <laughs> like big 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 goals like look no further than obviously you know the the goal against napoli clinched mm-hmm. that win and then of course the europa league final the year after like that guy just scored enormous goals for the club but yeah i'm gonna stay with brano on, on, on me for me no well, torres no torres Mr. i mean he did win the corner right the, the <laughs> best, <laughs> he did win the corner uh... I don't know. He was a January signing. I don't know if best is the adjective we're going to use to describe it, but we march on because there are more right questions. Uh, our wonderful call. friend Ishan asking us, uh, and there are a few players whose contracts will expire in 12 to 24 months. Come this summer. Which of those players would you like to see renewed and which one should Chelsea look to move on from? So the way I want this framed is if you could renew one and move on from one, What's the path you're going down? Do we do we have a list? Do you have a list of you know, the I'll contracts? I'll pull a list, but maybe you maybe you know off the top of your head if you have like you know someone in mind. How about that? I'll get so, I'll get a list going. Cesaris Piliqueta would come to mind, right? For a guy, renew, a guy who I think you know Chelsea are probably trying to renew. Um, he's the club captain. I don't know if you know that. Recently lifted one of those trophies with the big ears. Has been a servant of the club for some time. Uh, man near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, th- I think the club should try and renew him, but it would not surprise me if he moved on. I, and here's why I say that. I, if we play the back three, he's an incredibly useful player. Uh, someone who, you know, can, even if he's not playing week in and week out in that right center back role, is someone certainly who can deputize in tough situations, maybe play a little on the wing, Still has an assist or two in his in his bag. Um, it depends on if he wants playing time. In a back four, I don't see it very much. So that's kind of my pro and con there. Yeah, and he's a great leader too. Like that's the other thing too. We're losing so much in terms of leadership, and we haven't really replenished there. So I, I can see that. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with Rudiger, man. Uh, sign him up, man. Like sign him up, man. Like let's let's be real. Like he's probably our most important defender right now you know like i mean i know it's going to be difficult because the wages that he's asking for seem to be astronomical but at the same time i mean if we're trying to be maintain our status as one of the you know europeans elite, like we can't be seeing guys like rudiger walk out the door on a free you know so for me it's got to be rudiger and uh, i i don't know if we're going to go around the table or on table and then just come back to who we want to see leave but I'll stay with Rudiger for now. Somebody I want to see stay. Uh, I want to see resign, but uh, I'll wait for um, I'll wait for Dan, and then we, we can go the other way. 
Well, I mean, they already did it with Tiago Silva, so I feel like the answer was uh, was was pretty well done there. Just from like knowing that, like a lot of this leadership DNA, older guard has started to be refreshed as P potentially leaving, keeping that type of connective tissue in the back. So like that kind of got done in advance. So I don't feel like it's a a fair answer to use for the retain. I think the Rudiger shout and the Aspie shouts are both fantastic. So I, I think we've got good good answers there in terms of moves ons. Though you have plenty of players who heading into the 2023 time frame are going to be out of contract. You know, you have Jorginho, you have N'Golo Conte. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Ross Barkley. You have Ross Barkley on that list, Dan. Ross, Look no further. Stay. Newcastle, Sign him up. $45 million? <laughs> 75 How long million. is Mitchie still here for? Is Mitchie still kicking around? Uh, he's, still, he's, he's still in the books, yes. Uh, just, let's keep him there for a while, you know. He's been so useful. <laughs> Kennedy, Kennedy, Newcastle's favorite left back is is 2023. Uh, who else we got? Boy, this is not a fun game. Oh, Marcus Alonso. That's an interesting one. We should do that Ooh. one. Uh, Sal, please. Uh, I, th- I think it's time. Uh, he served a great purpose and done some really interesting stuff for Chelsea. Uh, has to go. I think uh, if you're, if you are, uh, I guess, let me frame this up for you, Dan. The two midfielders, probably the most interesting debate of it all, because I think Christensen's gone at this point and whatever. Uh, if you were given the choice between a healthy but slow Jorginho. Or an uh, like a one time a week in Golo Conte, and you can only sign one of them and, and keep or uh, send the other one back. And which one is it? One time a week in Golo Conte. So that is the correct. <laughs> oh answer. yeah, the, yes. that is the correct. One answer. time a week in Golo Conte can help you win the Champions League or the Premier League. You just got to choose which competition you're going deep in. That's yeah. right. I mean, for me, I, I would definitely look to move on from Jorginho because I just don't think that we're at the point where. You know, he's he's probably reached his apex right now in terms of like achievements at the club, uh, in terms of value uh, on the market. Uh, if we wait another year, I feel like all the, the, the superlatives that have been attached to his name the last like 18 months or so will wane. And then we're stuck with an unmovable piece. So I would I would look to move him in the summer just based on the fact that like you know, we're, we're probably, our football's probably trying to move, morph into a different direction. There's all sorts of links with Chuamneni and Declan Rice and whatnot, and, you know, just a true sitter. So I think that as much as I, I don't have a problem with Jorginho whatsoever, I think that he's he's been serviceable for this club. Uh, Dan, I'm hoping you're listening. I think he has been serviceable for this club, but <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, I think that his, you know, he's not going to get any better, and we're not going to get anything more from him if you know, if we keep him for beyond this year, as far as I'm concerned, but who am I to say? That would be the cutthroat nature of it, Nick, is, you know, the cut a player to year or two early versus waiting a year too late and actually making kind of a strong business decision. It's a hard thing, right? Um, you know, it's, it is tricky. And I, you know, this is the part of the job that I, I have great empathy for those who are in charge of Chelsea to try and figure out because, I mean, I think... When Eden Hazard left Chelsea, everyone wanted him to stay, right? And now you look at him, and he's not really the same guy anymore. And 
it ended up being a financially brilliant decision, right, to, to make. It didn't hurt any less because we all loved him, but it was just about the, you know, the fruit was ripe on the vine. Um, so I, I, I don't really, you know, I, I do actually, this is, like I said, this is the part of the job that I think is probably the hardest is understanding that landscape, understanding when to, when to stick, when to twist, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, in goal contact forever is the answer. Um, statue, man, statue. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. I, I just want on. a short little statue next to the rest of the normal <laughs> It's the way to do it. It's the uh, the old master splinter uh, with the grown-up Ninja Turtles around <laughs> yes, him. Meme. That's right. exactly what it would be like. Uh, tough, tough questions, though. Pillow coming in with the Modelo or Corona. Oh, Modelo for a just absolute washout. Like, it's not even close. Are you kidding me? Just, that is ridiculous. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Corona myself. God, like, no. Enough. <laughs> like just sitting on the beach in Mexico having a Corona. Oh man, oh. can't beat it, man. It's beautiful. Right. I'm, I'm gonna split the tie here and say uh, I would. I would unfortunately, Dennis, go with a Modelo uh, if oh. I had the uh, had the call. Uh, always with oh. the lime, though. Either of those beers, always with the lime. Uh, and it's not even central. remotely a fair fight if you go Negro Modelo. I mean, correct. Which is a f- superior beer to all of them. It is unbelievable. I like me a light beer. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll venture back, though, into Chelsea Chatter because uh, people seem to like that part more so nah. than some of the other pieces. Uh, look, someone wants us, a couple people want to keep Cell Alone far too early edition. That's what I'm going to say. We had Paul, Bryce, uh, Vaughn, and then Bill all asking keep Cell Alone questions around players Ooh. like Pulisic, Hudson Adoy, Werner, Ziyech, Cell One, uh, keep one or Cell One of Pulisic, Werner, Callum. Um, Keeps alone on Broja, Gallagher, Gilmore, Colwell, Andrin. Like uh, lots of names, people are kind of floating out there. Uh, but maybe if there's one uh, loney you want to lock in and say, like, yes, they deserve to be back next year. And like they're the loney you would prioritize above all else. And if you had to get rid of an attacker, who is one you would potentially look to move on uh, in next season? We'll frame it that way. And we'll go loney's first so it stays positive before we have the tough <laughs> question. Uh, Dennis, would you like to to pick a loney to bring home? I, I wanted to piggyback off of you because I, I need to think about this a little longer. All right, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll be your guinea pig. Um, look, a lot of attractive options to bring home. Uh, Broja, killing it at Southampton, uh, really stepped up to the level. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I think more surprised with him than any of the others that he's playing uh, at that level. Uh, Gallagher, uh, obviously a fan favorite. The flowing locks, the wonderful attacking pressing play. Uh, Gilmore making it through a really difficult season. Um, maybe maybe gets a, a bit of a break at the end of the year here. Uh, Levi Colwell, who I think is the heir apparent uh, to, to kind of be Rudiger's understudy if he does stay. And then uh, Tino Andrin, which we haven't talked, you know, we haven't really talked to Andrin in some time, but that's a really interesting one. Huddersfield loan after coming back and rehabilitating for the remainder yeah. of the season. Yeah, so too, eh? Because do you remember he was supposed to be loaned with option to buy at Locomotive, if I'm not mistaken, right? They, so they, they unretired that. the number ten for him. <laughs> that's that's a tough. Yeah, that's plan. tough. All right, so I mean, those are all really attractive options. I'm really tempted to go Brosia. It's a little risky. It's a little risky, but I look at this team right now. And what do we need? 
goals. We need goals. Okay. I want anyone who can come in and score some goals. And for me right now, Armando Broja has given me young, maybe slightly more athletic Diego Costa vibes. And if that is, if that's what that cat ends up becoming at 23 or 24, which is by the way, five years from now, I think, uh, then we're in a really good spot. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to bring him back. Fuck it. I'm going for the, the risky move. I'm rolling the dice. Okay. I love it. Uh, just because, I mean, he hasn't really been ripping up trees. Uh, he's been good. I mean, he's got like about six or seven goals or something like that. Not against the top competitions. Coming back to Chelsea. Played well against City, though. Played well against play City. Played well against City. Should have scored, to be honest. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, I, think, I think for him... Uh, it's going to be difficult just because he's not going to be getting a lot of time. And, you know, you really just want to see him progress and, and like just kick on, kick on, kick on until he's ready to really challenge for that number nine shirt. But I, I can agree with you on that. I, I would love to see him go back, just be, come back just because I feel like he's, he's a beast and it just gives me some and the pace, the power that he runs with. So I can see it. I can see where you're going with that, but I'm actually going to go with somebody a little different. Um, I mean, Gallagher could be the easy choice, but I'm going to go a little different because I think that like the squad needs depth and we need versatility. Uh, here's a name that many people don't use very often. He's often injured. He's injured a little bit, but like, I really think that Dujon Sterling, had we had him at the club this year, would have been able to deputize in a few positions for us. And I'm going to go with Dujon Sterling as somebody I want to see back in the squad, just in terms of versatility. Mm. Getting uh, very good minutes for Blackpool in the championship this season on loan. 14 matches played, 12 starts, uh, over 1,100 minutes so far, which is uh, kind of a, a good good place to be at. They are 15th in the league, uh, which I'm not sh- I don't watch any Blackpool, so I uh, <laughs> can't really speak to how well the loan has been going. Uh, we will make a note, though, for uh, Phil uh, at Chelsea Youth to give some feedback on that when he and Brandon talk uh, at the end of this week and uh, that episode drops. But, yeah, I... I you know, I'm hitting the easy button on this one. Gallagher's coming back. Gallagher's coming home. Midfielder who can do both, who can assist and can score. Like, that is just the absolute dream. And look, I, I love my Kovacic worldies. Uh, I'm not going to ever count on that man for more than, like, three goals a season. Like, that's just where it's at. Um, same with N'Golo Conte. You're not going to count for more than four or five. And uh, to Nick's point, we need goals. So he would help us with that point. Um, more difficult question, though. Who's he going to find to assist? <laughs> not, not one of these attackers who we are uh, currently uh, deciding the fate way too early on. Um, I guess maybe just a attacker. If one was going to leave or if you were going to make space for another attacker, like if you bring back Broja, Nick, you have to make space somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think the real answer, this isn't my answer, but the real answer is whichever one you can get the most money back for. That's that's the answer that goes it. And of this list, it's probably. It has to be Pulisic or Werner. I would guess he would get the most money for. I don't know. Maybe maybe Hudson-Odoi is is the most valuable of that group. Either way, I think they have a combined five league goals between them or something really low like that. it's not good, uh, if just in case you're keeping track at home. Pulisic, Hudson, Roy, Werner, Ziyech, 
Shit, I'd throw Kai in there right now, to be honest with you. Um, I think they're they're all woefully uh, underperforming. Uh, if I had to get rid of one of them. Jeez. I mean, you're not going to get much back for Ziesh, so whatever. I, that's like the easy pick, but I don't think that really does much for Ziesh us. Ziesh also has uh, six goals, currently uh, f- tied for fourth overall yeah. in terms of goals yeah. scored this season. Who right now, right now, it's between Pulisic and Werner, and that's just a dealer's choice. That's whoever you prefer. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I'm like sell them all, sell them all, man. Oh, by the way, I don't all. I don't think Hudson Adoy is hot either right now. I like I I'm actually pretty disappointed for as many minutes as he gets in that position. I'm just a little underwhelmed, but yeah. Werner doesn't. He just hasn't done it. You know, he's been given a lot of opportunities, hasn't done it. Pulisic too off and on right now. Um, and I'm I'm one of the few that stands for him these days. So that's me saying that. I, if I'm forced into it, it's Werner because I think we get more money back for him. The, yeah, the only I thing thought- uh, the only thing with Timo Werner is uh, just if we're looking at some stats again, I know they're not your favorite thing. Uh, he currently, across all competitions for Chelsea this season, has the highest uh, goals plus assist uh, per 90 at .66, which would be hard to believe considering he's just played just above 1,000 minutes. Who has he scored against, Dan? <laughs> I'm sure he got a mammal goal, didn't he? I'm, I'm, I'm j- just, just giving you some who's numbers. Who has he scored against, Dan? <laughs> if you can bring those up. Where are those goals coming from? Chesterfield? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, well, that was a big one. one though. Come sure. on. Come on. That was a big one. That was a huge, you're right. That was a huge goal. That's my fault. That really is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't think that Timo Werner has worked out for us. I'm just going to be honest. I know that he's, his movement is great and his pace is great. And like the, you know, the expected goals is awesome and whatnot, but I don't think, I think we can do better there. You know, I, and I, so if I had somebody to sell right now, just because I don't think that he fits with the actual idea of what we're trying to do football wise, it would be Timo Werner for me. And like, to be honest, I'm just, I can't take the misses anymore. I just, I just can't see it anymore. This is a striker. This is a guy that you pay the big dollars when you, you fashion a final move for this guy. And then he just fluffs it every time. I just can't see that anymore. 30 plus goals a season, like coming to Chelsea. And now it's just like, it's five it's at, at best, you know, yeah. like I, I, I can't have that. And like the wages that he's on right now too. like, let's be honest, like he's on upwards of like 250 K a week. And like the return is just not enough for me. So if there's one guy I want to see go, it's Timo Werner. I can live with everybody else, like fluffing chances. Like, you know, the Callum, I think Callum's young. He's going to come around. Um, I think Pulisic has more to offer in terms of like his technique ability to get into these dangerous areas. Um, obviously he's been misfiring, but I think that has more, more to do with just not being, you know, played in his favorite role and also just being rotated out of form. Like he doesn't really play consistently enough. I think that that's true for a lot of these guys, to be honest. And yeah, what are the other names? ZH? Zich is on fire right now. I can't. I can't swear on that guy right now. Though. You can't. You can't call no. You can't call no Zich right him. now, man. Three the weeks man ago, though, banger against the Spurs, man. Three three weeks ago, he would have been one of the first names here, though. I mean, like that's yeah. how quickly it can change. I think that's probably the point, right, Dan? Is like we're saying this on February first. By April first, 
the opinion will change because who knows? It's a merry-go-round of strikers and attacking players at Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, interested to hear what people think about this segment. Who's yours, Dan? Uh, I'm selling the person who has the lowest contract time left, probably, because that's your opportunity, your last opportunity to make some return on investment. So it's probably Pulisic. Uh, Or Callum Hudson-Joy. Because you could, you know, but the thing is, you get amortized wages off the wage bill if you're, and you don't have to factor that in for Callum if you're going to bring another attacker in. So business-wise, that would probably be where I would go. Dembele? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I got that question later <laughs> on the script. Don't worry. We're going to take our ad right. break, though, real, real quick, and we'll come right back for more tough questions from you, our listeners. All right, we're coming back. Uh, we got more pods coming this week. Uh, surprise, we stay busy during an international break, even if players are just hanging about Miami, doing whatever, you know? I mean, Mason, come on, what's up, man? Training. He's training. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Going to basketball games, though, too? Like, I don't know. I mean, let's He's let's hitting some real. threes, man. He's, he's getting in midseason form. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we got an Academy update coming out on Friday with uh, Brandon and Phil talking about what's been going on in the youth teams. So keep a look out for that. Uh, Gabriel, though, with a hard-hitting question. Um, Nick, uh, this might tear the podcast apart, but it's <laughs> which is the best Girl Scout cookie? And why is it Caramel Delights? Is that what they used to call Samoas? What's a caramel delight? I don't even know. I think I think they renamed my favorite cookie as a caramel delights. Girl Scout cookies. Oh, I have the here's the box. All right, so this is what they're. Is that oh, the dark yeah. chocolate one? No, it's so it has the base, the chocolate base, and then the coconut, the shredded coconut, the caramel. That is by far the best Girl Scout cookie. It's not even remotely close. Like if you had a package of those bad boys, you're putting them down. Like it's. I don't it's think a, I've never had one. Oh, oh my it's, goodness! It sounded like I need to though, man. That sounds yeah. delicious. It is. It's truly a delight. Uh, <laughs> it see, is. I, I, I go for the tag along, which is uh, so it's got like the shortbread base. It's got the peanut butter on top, and it's got the the chocolate kind of coating over you know, over top of it. I mean, it's basically like uh, you know, like a, if a Snickers or not a Snickers, but like a Twix, uh, you subbed out the what? caramel for the peanut butter. It's basically like that. It's delicious. Well, peanut butter Twix. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I don't know what kind of girl guy cookies you guys got down there, but we don't have anything like that. We got this straight <laughs> up like cookie with the you know the little like uh, icing filling. You know, the, I like the vanilla one myself. I think that one's the most tasty. But we don't. You guys go wild, man. Like that's some like gourmet things going on, man. Like we, it's not it's not that it's not that complicated up here. It's very simple. It's either the fudgio kind of cookie, you know, with the maple leaf. Or the vanilla style cookie <laughs> to make believe. We might and, we might be uh, violating some international agreements, but we'll figure out a way to get you. Uh, get, get them you to some- me, man. <laughs> get them to me, please. Uh, okay, so uh, sports accountant or sports account rather uh, asking uh, where would Jules Kunde rank amongst Chelsea's current defenders as far as quality? So this is a fictional defender depth chart. Maybe the easiest thing to say is like, who would he rank? behind it's sort of the like because there's probably others that we break ahead of but like i mean if we're saying he plays right back right wing back then it's you know kind of a short list of individuals as p christensen potentially as 
Yeah, I don't. Can I can I just be honest on this one? I don't watch Jules going to play every single week. Um, we have some pretty good center backs when they're all healthy. He'd probably be fourth on the depth chart behind uh, Rudiger, Silva, Trev. Be right in there with Aspie and Christensen. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't really know. Like, I know the superlatives that have been attached to his name, and I did see him against Barcelona show some show some real <laughs> some real quality, <laughs> some real proper chels. Yeah. So um, not just the goal. I remember there was a, a year ago he scored a, a banger against him, but, like, you know, I'm talking about, like, against Jordi Alba. Like, that was... Yeah, that's shenanigans. Proper that's shenanigans. proper chels, man. That's like, what I'm talking that, about. That, that's what's going on. But I don't know. Like, it's hard to really... Um, Mar- like grade a guy that you don't see regularly and when you see the, the Chelsea players you know week in week out so I'd be hard pressed to have him ranked ahead of even Christensen just because I've seen so much more of Christensen mm-hmm. and I don't know like <laughs> I mean in theory I would like to think that he would be if we're going to be spending the, mo- the money that we're talking about spending on him I would like to see him it be at least you know, obviously not Thiago Silva, not Rudiger, but right after them, you know, like somewhere in there, if that's, you know, if that's the quality we need to be going after right now. You know, third, fourth, fifth choice center back, you know, defender is not quite what we need right now. We need somebody that can be challenging for like the, the two, you know, main positions, or whether it be first, second positions right now. So hoping that's where it is, but I'm thinking it's more like fourth or fifth choice right now based on quality. Well, and it's also system too, right? Like, does he play the True. same system? Does he play the same type of football in like in terms of integration? And so, it's not. I think it's not as easy as people think when it's like the football manager slash FIFA Ultimate Team, like assemble your squad of like fictional Avengers type thing. It's not like as easy as let's build a team to beat Thanos. It's a little bit more difficult than that. Um, so let's keep it on with Keith's question. Uh, we buried it so far. People might, you know, we didn't want to be accused of being an Everton podcast because this is Everton news. But he asked the question, what are your feelings on Frank being the Everton manager? Uh, and can he keep them up? Which looks like it might be a bit of a challenge, Nick Verlaney. I'm not going to lie. I don't think this is going to go well. And it's not because of Frank. I don't think this is set up for success at all. I mean, I read, I think it might have been might have been Simon Johnson's column said that the Everton job is similar to the Chelsea job, except there are less resources and the same amount of pressure. And I don't think that's wrong. I mean, if you look at their situation right now, even bringing in an out-of-form Deli Alley and a never having played Premier League football, Van de Beek or whatever, like their squad is really not good. And it's been mismanaged for years. The organization's under a ton of pressure to stay up. And I don't think that his style is going to be suited there, frankly. I think think he would have smashed it at Crystal Palace or like one of those types of squads had some speed to it, had some dynamism to it. Who's going to do that for Everton besides Richarlison? If that. I mean, and he's hurt, I think. So but he's he's playing with a short deck, Dennis. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I mean, like they they spent a lot of the season without their main striker, Dominic Calvert Lewin. and he's now just come back. So there is a glint of hope there if he can find some sort of like chemistry with, you know, I don't know, Van de Beek or I don't know. I'm not going to say Deli Alley because that just doesn't make any sense at all. But, <laughs> you know, you, you think that there is a possibility if Frank can like just really just galvanize the dressing room and whatnot and just get them to you know, buy into his, his, his philosophy. There, there is a hope there, but I agree with you. And, and more so than just the, the actual collection of players and like the, you know, the fact that they're, you know, want to be big boys. I, I just think the staff that he's assembled is not really inspiring for me right now. Like Paul Clement, he went and grabbed uh, Joe Edwards, who he's worked with before. And then he's got like Ferguson again, like, doesn't seem like there's much synergy there, you know, like Ferguson, obviously Duncan Ferguson, obviously there to oversee the Everton side of things and being that, you know, ever present there, Paul Clement, like I know he's worked with him obviously with, uh, with Ancelotti back then, but like really Paul Clement is going to be your lead assistant. I don't know, B I don't know. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to take a pass on that, you know, and, you know, Joe Edwards obviously makes sense because they've worked together before. They've always had a good rapport. They go on vacations together all the time and whatnot. So that makes sense to me. But I mean, just everywhere else, I just feel like, man, no, that, no that Jody scares me. No, like well, I think, I think they've had a falling out. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's true or anything, but I think that that might be something there, you know, where they haven't really been getting along this <laughs> last little while. So clearly got left off of there and i think jody has aspirations to try and just be his own manager now too right yeah, that, fair that might enough. Be part of it well you frank does not have an easy task ahead of him when you also look at no. the fixture run that they have up in the season uh they do have multiple games in hand so they are at 20 matches played uh which would be a whole four less than uh chelsea at the moment uh league leaders and matches played um they have matches against sides like Everton or Everton facing Man City in the end of February. You have a uh, United visiting a uh, trip to Liverpool, which you can guarantee they are going to be up for. Uh, you have Arsenal last game of the season going to the Emirates. Two matches against Newcastle still to play, which could be relegation deciders. If you think wow. about the swing yeah. in points that those ha- those could have. They have a match against uh, oft-rescheduled Burnley uh, to come. <laughs> Burnley has a match <laughs> against fucking everybody, though. I mean, like... <laughs> West Ham, like, I, I mean, they, they don't have an easy, like, oh, they don't have, like, a Norwich left to play still, and Norwich beat them just recently, so that could have been a critical three points. Villa beat them just recently. Um, they have Watford. Uh, that would probably be the one where you're like, oh, okay, they should pick, be able to pick up points there. But beyond that, they've got a really really fucking tough run and i i would say uh i think you're betting on the mismanagement at norwich watford and burnley to basically save you you know you got 18 matches left you're needing about 1.2 points per game so you pick up a couple wins you can get into the safety spot pretty easy but that burnley side with 18 played like i know that they have they sold chris wood to newcastle and things like they could very quickly, with games in hand, ramp back up that because they're just stubborn as hell and don't want to seem to die. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't it, like it. it. It's not great, Bob. 
Uh, But but to be fair, I don't think that they're going to get relegated. I just don't think they're going to be a huge, you know, new manager bounce that we're, you know, if they're expecting that, I don't think they're going to see that. He might just like, you know, 15th, 16th kind of thing, you know. He's going to skin of his teeth it for the first season, and then we'll see how serious they are about acquisitions in the summer if they really want to uh, get back into a European spot. But it is is a tough league now. They have the money. It's just that they have never spent it well. They spent only 500 million pounds over the last three or four seasons, something like that. I mean, it's it's the hold my beer, Chelsea. Let me see how I can spend money worse (laughs) than you. Yeah. Waffers doing it with managers. they're doing that's it. exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. It's the same thing. You keep on bringing in these different managers that have different philosophies of football, and then you bring in these like B-list players and then put them on wages that can't be moved. You know, it's, that's the rinse, wash, repeat from Chelsea. You know, like, but with not the same sort of like quality or talent. You know, in the squad. So, it's a tough one. I'm not gonna lie. Well, speaking of managerial shakeups, uh, we got the question from Shane asking about uh, which storyline are you guys most looking forward to in Ted Lasso season three? Oh, oh man, yeah. They, okay, so this has come up. Because so Nick, do you the, got some? Do you got some uh, insight on that? Like, uh, do you have any uh, insight? What's the season three going to be like, man? Uh, no, you, no insights. No insights. They just back? started filming it. They just started filming it. Come on. Why now. are you here? Why are you here? Look, I thought you were supposed to be over there. I got my guy right here with my shoulder. I got the police. Uh, look. The the storyline I think everyone's going to be excited for is 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 Ted v Nate and the managerial uh, throwdown. Um, but I am I think really interested in what Sam does. I I, I want to see how they carry the Sam Obisanya storyline forward. Does he become kind of the spiritual leader of the team? Is he the captain of the team, you know, what, like what happens with Sam? Because, you know, I think he's, he's looking for love in all the wrong places and is opening a cool restaurant and is a, is an incredibly marketable guy going to be in the premier league, making, making banks. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with Sam. Hmm. I don't like that. The twist, the, the mental health twists that they're, they're running with last season. I think that that's something that could be hashed a little bit more um, just because it is such a hot button topic, not just in sport, but just in the world, you know, really trying to like hone that in and like make that bring attention to something that actually needs to be focused on a little bit more. So I'm hoping that they could, you know, you know, work that storyline in a bit more and, you know, show some positivity that way, but who knows? That's a boring answer, I guess, isn't it? No, that's good. That's good. It's wholesome. It's a wholesome yeah, answer. Yeah, wholesome. Which is good perfect word, for Ted Lasso. You know, I think uh, I, I do want to see how Roy Kent continues to evolve as a coach, which requires a different hand, a different skill set that maybe he's deployed previously. We saw some early learnings of who he would be as a coach in his own right. Maybe there's a, you know, no Nate there. Maybe there's a game or Ted gets a card and, you know, now he has to step up and assert himself in a different way. Like, just be good. It'd be good to see how he handles that. But I, I think in general, all very excited for the uh, mm-hmm. the upcoming season. Uh, Sam with, the, again, manager questions, three in a row, um, asking, will Emma Hayes ever coach or manage the Chelsea men's team? The question would be is if she, if she wanted to, sure. If the opening was there and she wanted to, yes. She certainly could. I mean, like, she is talented enough to do it. Um, I don't know is the answer to that. I don't think it would be within the next decade if it happened. So, 
you know, that puts it 2032. I don't know. Maybe. How old is she now? Because that seems like a far off, you know, 2032. Like 60 by then, no? Okay. I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah. 45. I, I, think, I think she's going to have to, like, cut her teeth at a lower level team before she gets, you know, some sort of job, like a Chelsea job at some point. So, I mean, yeah, she would have to show that she can do it in a male dress. I mean, it sounds so sexist, but she would have to show that first, that she can actually, you know, work in a, in a male dressing room at a lower level before she gets, you know, any sort of consideration for Chelsea. And I'm nowhere near sexist, but I just feel like that's where the natural progression will go. Well, I think most of those offers, though, if you think about like getting offered a championship side or a League One side, like, yeah, like like on the numbers and sense side, there might be more money in that respective area. Like the consolidation of talent she's been able to assemble at Chelsea, you know, is equivalent to like a you know a, a Barcelona and their heyday, like on the men's side with like just how many international captains international stars best of lists that she has like i think that's probably the more interesting question is be like what is the type of team and talent assemblage that she would identify as like where she would want to go because i think that narrows down and maybe it's actually like not even in england maybe it's a uh international like a domestic you know a a bundesliga uh you know ligun where she could go and get like a similar like assemblage of great talent to work with, because I think that to me is actually more the driving and determining factor than like, I think people look at her and could look at the game plans and realize like that she's a brilliant tactician, regardless of like the gender spectrum. And so I think in that regard, like if she wanted it, she could go interview for a lot of these jobs. I think societally, like that's probably a bigger challenge for organizations to figure out. But if a determined organization was capable of doing it and wanted to do it, they can make it happen tomorrow. Yeah, and I think Chelsea would be the type of squad that would like to, you know, kick down doors of that sort. You know, we seem to be doing it at every turn. I just, I just feel like it would be a while before we see that happen, though. A long, long while. Well, and then another tough question uh, is Kate asking the question, Mai Tai or Pina Colada? Bourbon. <laughs> um, and and it's uh, it's pretty straightforward there. Kate, the two drinks are too sweet uh, for me personally. Uh, as I'm aging up a little bit recently and for the last 34 years, uh, the, the sugar in the drinks is the thing that really tips me over to hangover danger zone. And uh, But I will say if I, if I had to uh, pick one or the other, I would go Mai Tai. Please and thank you. Yeah, I've never had a Mai Tai, so I don't even know. I've never had one. So I'm going to have to say I'm a very boring drinker. Beer, red wine, scotch, mezcal. Those are my four go tos. I I can't I can't go anywhere else. So um, anything that has like pineapples in it or like, you know, like strawberries or, you know, maraschino cherries. I'm probably not about that. But if I had to choose one, I've had a pina colada before. So I guess I'd go with that. I do enjoy some of the the pageantry of the you know tiki style drink culture, and so I probably favor a mai tai in that regard. Because if you've got a place that can give you good mai tai, you probably can also experience a large or a plethora of different uh, different drinks of that ilk. So go mai tai. Uh, this was referenced earlier. Uh, Soham asked the question: Want Dembele or no? 
because no. uh, if we're making it. <laughs> no is the fucking answer. No. Oh, Nick Thank Fellaini you. has. Thanks uh, for your question, Sohan. Strong answer. I, I don't know what else to say after that. Like that, that's pretty much nicked in the bud right there. I I second that. I don't think you know Chelsea could handle you know another project right now. We have enough projects, you know, and the wages and all that. I don't know. Uh, I don't see it. But again, if I were to say, can I look at it another way? How about like this? If Chelsea go into this summer, shed some of this dead weight, bring in two A-list, like Tuchel targets, like two, like I'm saying somebody like, you know, too many Declan Rice and then another attacker of that, you know, Tuchel era, I wouldn't mind another sort of like, you know, rehabilitation project after addressing two real needs and if if it's Dembele at a certain price maybe but ultimately I'm of the opinion that eh, it's too much of a risk for me too much of a risk so if you're going to make the case for you would say Tuchel likes him apparently wants him you could say that he has multiple double digit goal and assist seasons which is not when was the most recent one Dan uh, last season when he had 11 goals and five assists. Oh. All com- uh, all competitions for Barcelona. Now, again, uh, this year, he is on one goal and two assists on uh, just under 700 minutes played. Fits so. him perfect to the attack, baby. <laughs> yes. uh, and then, he, then he was injured the 1920 season, so he only played uh, you know nine nine matches. But the season His prior standout that, season was eight, 14, the 18th eight. season. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, he, yeah, but... You know, he had Ren and at Dortmund uh, had, you know, double digit goal seasons and as a season. So like there there is something there potentially. Again, you might need to scratch to get underneath the surface, but there's something there. It's also young. You know, he's 25. So if he comes in and you're not paying, you know, an exorbitant uh, amount in transfer fee. Yes, that does transfer over the wage bill, but. That gives you potentially some flexibility to sign some other players and free up some transfer funds for that. So like there's there's a case to be made. Is it a great case? No, Your Honor. It's not. But it's a case <laughs> I'm choosing to make in this scenario. So the question the answer isn't just no and move on. Can I ask you a question, Dan? Yes. Do you believe anything that you say? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> the defense rests. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but that, that is that is pretty perfect. Um, I was going to say, just based on the injury record that he has, like we all, it's well documented. Do you think, regardless of what age, do you think coming to England is, you know, the hamstring injuries, the knee injuries and whatnot, is he well suited to come to England and like, you know, find his football here with the pace and power of this league, given the injuries that he had? That's my only worry, really, when I think about Dembele coming. I mean, they're they're... Typically isn't a better physio room than the one at Cobham. So uh, <laughs> he's coming here. Uh, glad at least he's going to A-star facilities. Uh, would yeah. be the, uh, thing to He'll keep be there mind. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Grizz asking for Super Bowl predictions. And this one, similar to Nick's, there's only one choice. Who day, who day? Come on. Look, uh, we may or may not have been texting uh, our boy CJ Uzama after the... Uh, Wonderful Bengals win over uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I live in Kansas City. It was a really sad day, and it was glorious. <laughs> um, uh, as 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 a sad Broncos fan, uh, it's great to see 
uh, someone knocked them off the perch for a minute. Um, but I mean, how pumped are we for him? I mean, this story is so fucking cool and he's such a good dude. I mean, he's lit up that city, you know, kind of face of the franchise type, always doing interviews, always making people laugh, always photobombing people. It has to be the Bengals. Bengals by 10 in the Super Bowl. Book it. CJ is bringing the Super Bowl trophy to London. We're going to go party. Boom. I second that. As a Bronco fan myself, (laughs) it's true. As a Bronco fan myself, anyone that beats Kansas City uh, in the manner that they did earns my respect and trust. And I'm I'm hoping I'm pulling for them now. You know, like, absolutely. I would love to see them do it. You know, I did see did see, CJ got injured that game too, right? So is he is he? Do you guys have you guys heard anything? Is he okay? No, no? cross. Okay. No idea. Yeah. Well, regardless, great guy. You would love to see him. You know, get a chance to hold the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and yeah, just beyond that, you know, I'm and any anytime Kansas City loses, it's that good day. It's a good <laughs> day. So <laughs> I've taken that. I've taken that and I'm running with it. So I'm just going to go Bengals all the way. I don't have a score line, but I hope they will win. We're manifesting a Bengals victory, just like we're going to manifest Chelsea winning another Champions League this season. Uh, just another Chelsea fan asking the Why question, what are the chances of us winning the Champions League? So I think if Lukaku, Mount, uh, uh, Christian, Kai can find the form, we have a chance. Nick Verlaney, is it outside the realm of possibility that Chelsea win the Champions League back-to-back? Why not us again? Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is such a loaded question because, like, I didn't think so last year, and I think we have on paper or a more talented squad this year, or at least a deeper squad if if healthy. But, I mean, I think that the major difference is, is not, like, the upfront play, which is which was dire last year, too, and we somehow won it. It's it's no chill well and maybe a not fully fit restraints that make the difference. I mean, you think about that that game against City, they both were imperious. And if you know, especially on the left, I mean what the hell are we gonna do there? I that's the at, at the elite, elite level, which is the Champions League final, the the, the hottest game of the year, right? If Marcus Alonso starting for us, I don't see how we how we win it. Yeah, that's that's it right there, and that's a lot of the reason why, more so than just the league, a lot of the reason why people wanted to see Chelsea go in the window and buy a wing back or a left back was because of this competition. You know, like when you're going up against the Bayerns, you're going against the Cities, you know, whoever, you know, PSG. If they get that far, <laughs> Maylang Star, man, starting starting left back for Chelsea in the Champions League final. I mean, it's just like you look at that position, you're thinking, man, is this is this where where it falls apart? But before that, like, I think for me, it comes down to this. When Tuchel came in last year, one of the greatest things, the the greatest thing that he did was just galvanize the dressing room. He brought people in from the cold and he was able to get everyone to buy into this new way of playing and whatnot. And I think that that is kind of what's missing right now with this squad. We're just not in sync as you know, as we were then, you know, we weren't all together. There's not this, like, I don't get the sense of camaraderie, like everything that we hear that's coming out of the dressing room right now and beyond is just 
dissension, you know, and when you have that, it makes it very hard to focus on matches like the Champions League, focus on your FA Cup finals and whatnot. So I, I'm worried of that. I know there's a lot of time to pull that together. And, you know, it only takes one match to just galvanize a squad. But sure. right now, right now, I'm just feeling like there's just so much turmoil coming out of the dressing room right now. People wanting to leave, people wanting to find football, obviously World Cup coming. You know, I feel like that might be the undoing. But again, who knows? Why not us again? I mean, the outside of Pep at City, you would argue that of the sides remaining, Thomas Tuchel is one of or if not the best club football manager in the world. And on any given day in head-to-head matches over two legs, you only have to score one goal and not concede for 180 minutes in two matches to advance. I mean, that, that, that was the winning formula last time. Like, we don't have to score. Like, unlike other games where we, like, get three points or don't get three points, you just have to not concede, which we're really good at typically, and score one goal to advance. And we get Leal first, or we got them twice, which is even better, um, which is great. And we're not facing, you know, like you know, PSG Real Madrid kind of first round Atletico Madrid versus Man United, which is certainly going to be an absolute cracker. Um, I, I don't know. I just I feel good about it. I feel on paper and in my heart, I feel good about what can be accomplished with this team. I think it's, you know, 100 percent chance we advance in the next round and we just keep on going from there. Dan, did you did you watch Canada versus U.S.? I'm gonna I'm gonna knock on wood right there for you, Dan. Did you did you, did you watch Leo, the, did you watch that game? Because uh, there's a guy there's a guy that plays for Canada that plays for Leal who is quite dangerous. I might say his name is Jonathan David, and I'm sure you guys good. know him. I'm sure you guys know who he is now. <laughs> Run, runs around in our, our nightmares. He's <laughs> quite he's quite good. Yeah, they're, he's, they're scrappy, he's a man. They're a scrappy team. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just, I I think Canada, I know, I know we're talking about like the Champions League and whatnot, but I think Canada has a team that is similar to what Chelsea did under Tuchel last year. Just again, just came together at the right time under the right manager and like no real superstars on that team. Just a bunch of guys that just love playing for each other. And, you know, athletes, a lot of athletes on that team too. You know, like Buchanan, Tejan Buchanan, the the guy that was playing on the left flank then moved on to the right. He gave Dest all sorts of problems, man, all sorts of problems on that flank there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that team could – I mean, the, it's our first World Cup since, like, 86, if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to gas myself too much, but I, I'm really I'm really excited and optimistic about what they may be able to do. And Jonathan David, I would love to see my Chelsea. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see my Chelsea. I think he'd be – Real nice there, but enough of my enough of my rant on Team Canada. We didn't get into that, so I figured like since we're in the international break, and you know the last time I was on the we were on international international break, I was here and it was Canada against US then too, and you know we gave you guys another butt whipping then. So figured I'd come draw. back. That was a draw. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Play, Felt you, like a win to me. Yeah, yeah twenty five percent possession at home. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. God. All right. There's some last questions. We're gonna we're gonna lightning round as we get out of here. McLeasy, get one alcoholic drink the rest of your life. Beer, mixed w- drink, wine. What are you going with? Bourbon. Bourbon. Gotcha. 
done. Uh, terrible clothing trends. JW, worst in 90s clothing trend you got in on. Uh, he said he would go first, Jinko jeans and a bike chain. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, here's a, a one that most people who know me know. I got into way too big uh, football jerseys, uh, <laughs> like NFL jerseys with the sleeves down to, it just was. What were we doing, man? What were we doing? It was a terrible time to, to have any sort of fashion going on. Ugh. I'm almost embarrassed to say I got into that raver gear, you know, like those big baggy pants. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they look like bell bottoms, but they weren't. They were just like straight leg, really wide. And like, you know, all the, you know, the flashy lights and stuff like, oh, uh, I, I didn't have any flashy lights, but I did have the raver pants, you know, the snug wear and like all that. <laughs> embarrassing. I shouldn't even be putting it out there like that. But anyhow, it's there. Okay. It's there. I, I had a 1990s. lot of graphic tees. I, I have more graphic tees that I would care to admit. <laughs> Ever. Dan oh, had man. one that said T-shirt on it. Oh, man. <laughs> Probably something that ironic. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Techie Tiger asking, have you seen Disney's Encanto? Uh, referencing the song hit uh, number one, the billboard. No, I have not. Hmm. It's good. Sorry. Just watch it. It was good. I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, is, it, is it son friendly? Is it two year old friendly? Like, would my son be able to watch it with me or hmm. a little uh, bit too much? Yeah, there, there's a, a couple like uh, dark scenes that might be uh, a oh, little frightening that. but uh you know in general like the songs are happy it's uh, it's about families bonding uh over kind of interesting uh interesting dynamics so yeah i, th- I think it would be good give it a run cool all right and tom with our last question any other favorite non-chelsea non-sports podcast oh Maybe this one. is good Pick one that you would uh one? Would throw out there i yeah. can't do one i gotta okay, do two. more than one two uh, i'm I'm going through the West Wing Weekly right now, um, it, it, so I'd never listened to that. Even though I'd seen the show a bunch, I'd never listened to it before. And it's pretty good. It's you know, it's helping me relive the West Wing, which is a great show. Um, and then you, Dan and I share this one, which is uh, binge mode, which is the old crew. Uh, Jason and Mallory did an unbelievable job uh, recapping Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel. They absolutely tore the cover off the ball with those podcasts. And it was uh, it's still fun to go back and listen to them, even though they're not working on the project anymore, because you just tell the love they have for for telling stories. And it's it's great. Mm, I got so many, but uh, I don't know if you guys know the one called The Dig. It's kind of like it's very politically driven, but like it's kind of like anarchist politically driven, like uh, commentary. It's quite good. I mean, if you're into that sort of stuff, like just politics and like the, you know, the fringe politics and whatnot, it, it's quite engaging. And the the narrator, I think his name is Daniel Denver, I believe his name is Daniel Denver. He's quite good at like just digging into the corners and getting things, uh, you know, making, drawing interest to like some inter- some interesting topics that you may not have been focused on before. So it's called The Dig. Uh, I uh, I will take a little bit uh, from what- Joe Nate Rogan, knows. right, Dan? <laughs> God, no. Uh, no, uh, that is not ever in rotation uh, for me. Uh, I'm not a Spotify user, so that's why. Um, look, I would probably say Jason Concepcion, who used to host Binge Mode, uh, hosts a show for Crooked called X-Ray Vision, which is also uh, particularly nerdy and uh, hits a lot of the topical things such as uh, Star Wars movies, uh, television and pop culture that I tend to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, that kind of uh, works perfectly for me. And uh, 
that's it. That's a podcast. We uh, hope that this has uh, sat well in between your uh, your headspace, uh, in between those cans, those headphones, whatever you're listening to or wearing uh, as you enjoy this episode. Uh, we hope it helped fill a little bit of a void because Chelsea have not been on uh, every third day, which is really, really weird. But uh, Dennis, thanks for, for joining us and uh, helping you know, helping us stay sane, helping the people stay sane. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's been great to be here as always. You know, uh, it's, it's the first one uh, this season that I've been able to have the pleasure to share with you, Dan. Like, it's been Nick, it's been Nick and, and Brandon, but this is the first one where I've been able to, like, you know, <sighs> get to mix it with you i missed you man it's been a long time you know scheduling gods my friend they've been they've been against us there but uh i don't know about you guys but i really hate brandon i mean (laughs) what what (laughs) did you mean to say we'll get uh uh, we'll get jake to dub in brandon there to see if he listens to the end it's just a different (laughs) voice i really hate brandon uh no no, dude, I uh, appreciate having you on, Dennis, as always. You're a wonderful uh, proxy member of the squad. Appreciate you. Respect, man. Always, anytime you need me back, you know I will be here. Every time. Right there on that spot on the couch. Indeed. Bam. Indeed. Looking comfy. <laughs> All right. Well, we will wrap it up on that. Nick, thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. You are the best part about what we do. Uh, but look, Chelsea back this weekend. FA Cup action. It's fantastic. Also, the women play tomorrow, which is even better, too. So, like, this is great. Uh, football's awesome. And we love you all, and we hope that you are staying safe and well. And, uh, yeah, until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. Blue flag flying high.